0: The other day I asked my husband a question and he responded with, babe, just do you. And that really stuck with me because how many times in life, especially as women, are we more worried about what everyone else thinks of us, of what we're dressing like, how we do our hair, like whatever it is, we're more worried about other people than what we think of ourselves. And so this podcast is going to be all about just doing you. Okay. So I am so excited about today's podcast. Today we have a guest on the show and her name is Jen Taylor. Oh my gosh. I hope you love her as much as I do. So she is known for having the title mom of 18. You heard that right. Mom of 18. Okay. I don't know about you, but the first time I heard that title, I thought of the Duggars, (laughs) you know, um, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her, and then I'm gonna tell you why I went the direction with this interview that I did. So, like I said, her name is Jen. She's an author. Um, she has a vlog. She's a minimalist, a podcaster, a public speaker, blogger, runner, healthy lifestyle enthusiast, and she's also a virtual assistant. So as you can see, on top of having 18 kids, which is a handful in and is in and of itself. But she has, like, so many other hats that she wears. Like, she's just freaking amazing. Um, so she's had 18 children. Um, she went through in- infertility, seven pregnancies, which, yes, that contradicts infertility, and has 12 years of foster parenting under her belt. She's experienced life as a blended family. She has been so blessed to end up with so many kids from all different walks of life. Some of her kids come from being a foster parent, some of the kids have aged out of the adoption system, some of her children are stepchildren, some are biological. She even has one foreign exchange student. Freaking amazing, right? Oh my gosh, I just love this woman. So, when I first heard the title Mom of 18, instantly I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to her about being a mom of 18, the craziness that goes along with that. But then I thought that is probably the route every single podcast interview goes that she does. And I didn't want to be like every other interview. Like I like being, being unique. And so I took it in a different route and I hope you enjoy the direction that I took this Okay, so like I said in my intro, you are the host of the Naked Podcaster podcast. I am. I got to hear where that name came from.
1: It was kind of, it started as a, you know, everything is an evolution. So my podcast has been in existence for, it was two years, May of 2019, that it's been in existence. So I've been doing this for over two years and I had a coach several years ago who said, what do you want in a job and the things that you want to do in your life? And I said, I don't want to have to wear pants. It's, <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, I, I think we all know what we want. We just aren't always verbal about it. I had a realtor years ago who said, what are you looking for in a house? And I said, I want to be able to pee off my porch. I want the freedom, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You know- Freedom is a really big word for me, and there's got to be a, like a better word, but a lot of things about who I am and my personality just screams freedom, and she said, okay, you don't want to wear pants, and I'm like, well, in every video call, I mean, you and I are on Zoom right now. We could be on video, and you see me from like the chest up, and if I position the camera the way I want, which I have the flexibility to do, it's like the collarbone up, so I could be in a halter top. You'd never see my body yeah so I wanted the freedom to work as a digital nomad, being able to travel kind of location independent and mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to wear pants so that's that was the first planting of the seed and then I Was doing a podcast once, and Dane, my husband, and I have this agreement. He knows that I'm doing them. He's very quiet and respectful. So if he needs to come, my office is in our bedroom, and it's a great setup. But it's also his room. So if he needs to come in, he can. He's very quiet. No one knows he's there. He's not on camera. And he came in one day, and I actually wasn't wearing pants. I was in a t-shirt and my underwear. Uh huh. And he looked, and he double take. You know, he did the double take thing, uh, the Uh stun. And I'm like, what? I said I didn't want to have to wear pants. Like, don't have to wear pants. I mean, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm living my dream right now, you know, doing a podcast. And so afterwards he said, so you just like, you know, really take them off. And I'm like, I could go naked. And he's like, well then you'd be the naked podcaster. And I'm like, yeah, and that's very suitable for me. I think part of it is just I'm comfortable with myself and confident. And part of it is that I like that freedom to be and do what I want. And also you don't see me. And then it's also an expression of bearing it all. And that was a couple of years ago And I started my podcast and you know, it was just Jen Taylor rerouting because life sends you in different directions. Like when your GPS reroutes and you're like, how, how did I, how am I not listening to my GPS? You know, how's it possible that I'm rerouting? So my interviews are exactly the same. I want to know the biggest struggle And the who, what, when, or how you got through those things or are still getting through them. And I found through two years of interviewing that 100% of entrepreneurs, their business was born from the struggle. So there's a connection there between what we've gone through that's tough and what we want to do for a living. And it's not just entrepreneurs, but it's hundred percent of entrepreneurs. There are a lot of people that work a nine to five or work a, you know, like I have a friend who's a nurse, for example, but she works in the NICU with babies that are really mm-hmm. serious and very yeah. sick. And so, you know, how did you come to do that job and why I'm very curious about that. And it's absolutely her choice in her career was based off of the struggles in her life. And I love finding like, who are you and what do you do right now? And let's go back and look at what the struggles were in your life. And then let's connect those dots between what happened to you and who you are right now and how you want to pay that for to give it back. So the naked podcaster is, it's, it's not literal. When I am on the interviews, I'm not naked, but pants are totally optional. <laughs> uh-huh. That does not mean I have pants on. Uh, But it's more figurative that you're bearing it all because my podcast is really about sharing your story. And if I can find it online, that's a great start. But if I can find it online, that's not the story I want to hear. I want to dive deeper than that. I, I don't want to make people cry, but I appreciate when people dig deep enough that they're in kind of that space of really just emotionally dumping. Yeah. Because that's when other people can hear that and think, oh, there's someone else out there like me. Although we know logically we're not alone. Emotionally, we really feel alone in our struggles a lot of the time. And I want people to hear, oh, she has an eating disorder. And this is these are the tools and tips that she did. And this is how she took that struggle and routed her life in a different direction. And really just exposing that rawness within us to help other people feel less alone and build their toolbox essentially. So that's, that's a podcast, but the naked podcaster, I was a little nervous. I I was a little hesitant because when people still, when people see it, I don't know if they make assumptions that we all have to be naked or if you read the first sentence, it says this podcast is about bearing it all. So it is figurative. but you know, it's a little edgy also. And that's kind of who I am.
0: Yeah. When, when I was coming downstairs this morning, because our office is in the basement, I thought, should I take my pants off for the interview? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all think it. Nobody, I mean, right? I can have my coffee and rollers in my hair and a cigarette hanging out. I mean, I don't have any of those things, but you know, unless you're on video with somebody, you can, this is a platform podcast or a platform yeah. to really be brave because there's only a limited amount of exposure. And I love that, that people can really be brave about their story and step into who they are and not have that fear of really exposing themselves not too much. And you can, you can be your authentic self. So if that's curlers and cigarette hanging out of your mouth and vodka at 10 and whatever it is, it, it, that's who you are. So yeah, I, I love that as an ability to, of expression. And not everyone's going to write a book. So yeah. a podcast is a great way to be expressive in a, a very similar way as writing a book just with a lot less work. <laughs> right. Well, and then you get the
0: emotion behind it, whether it's laughing, crying, you know, anger, whatever it is, you get the emotion behind it where you don't in a book. True. Very you true. Know? And like for me, I used to love to read, but I would get so involved in what I was reading. It would like overtake my life. But with podcasts, podcasts, I can be cleaning and have one going, or I can drive down the street and have one going. And so I'm constantly listening to them. And the ones I like are bearing your soul. Like, what have you been through to get you where you are today?
1: I think we all like to see the car accident. We all want to rubberneck the car accident. Yeah. And we want to know what happened. And we want to see the total shit show train wreck at the same time thinking, I hope everyone's okay. So I think human nature kind of innately we're drawn to the tragedy and shocked and horrified and oh my gosh. And then we really want to hear that it all turned out okay in the end. We really love those success stories. It makes us feel hopeful and that there's a lot of possibility. I mean, if somebody can go through having their back broken you know, in an accident. And then not only walk again, but do a triathlon. Well, I want to, we love those stories.
0: We do. Yeah. I, you know, I went through a really hard time with my daughter um, six years ago or so, and it lasted for several years. And the whole time I felt so alone. It's like, nobody knows what the hell I'm going through. And it just was a very isolating time in my life but I wasn't telling people about what was going on. And so it wasn't until we came through the other side and I realized I have to talk about what I've been through because I don't want other women to think that they're alone and that nobody else understands. And so that's my reason for doing it is I want other women to realize they're not alone. No matter what you're going through, someone else has gone through something similar and you can come out the other end.
1: Exactly. And I don't want to discount men, but I focus on women too, because I know men go through just as many struggles. But as, if we're talking about women specifically, yeah. we shouldn't be embarrassed to buy tampons. Yeah. you know, And we don't even talk about it. We should be able to go through a miscarriage and have a myriad of different feelings and emotions about that. Sometimes relief is one of them and not be shocked or appalled by that. I think women have the ability to really bond together And support and uplift each other. We don't have to be in competition, but we don't tend to do that. We tend to kind of attack each other. And it's such a shame because we've all been in a checkout line embarrassed to buy tampons. Yeah. You know, and, and one, there's no reason for it. And two, why aren't we linking arms and helping each other out?
0: Yes, exactly. So I
1: think the podcast is also, I mean, you can definitely reach out to a lot more people. It's like a speaking engagement with 500 Mm -hmm. people in the room and then it's taped and it's digital forever. You have an ability to reach a limit, unlimited amount of people and podcast is the same way. So I love podcasting. First of all, it's just like, it's just kind of part of who I am. It's not a money-making venture and, but it is a passion project. And it connects me so much with people, whether I'm interviewing or being interviewed. And I feel so much compassion and empathy and love for these stories that as women we go through and we just are intimidated or afraid or whatever the adjective is to share those. So I love having the platform for that voice because I'm not afraid to share mine. And I did write a book, but I I understand that that's a really scary place for people to live in, to share their story. Yeah. We we don't need to.
0: Exactly. You know, for so many, I've been in the business world for, I don't know, six years now. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom for a very long time. And then I entered the business world and I was constantly surrounded by men. I was like, okay, that's just how the business world is. And honestly, it hasn't even been since I started, because originally, um, the Just Do You podcast was called Creating Love Together. It was me and my husband, and we were reaching couples. But in doing so, I kind of switched, and I'm like, I want to focus on women and do it solo. And so now it's like my husband and I one day a week, or a guest, and then the other day um, that we have our episodes, it's just me. And in doing so, I'm like, okay, I want to find other women. I don't want to interview men. I want to interview other women. And so I've been meeting these women and they are phenomenal. Like they are so amazing. And I didn't even realize that there were these amazing businesswomen out there. And so it's just been so great to expand and finally invite these women into my life. So it's, it's been a journey for me. Um, but I've, I've loved getting to know these other women.
1: I think there's so many blessings in social media and the internet. I'm 48. So I definitely, I remember we had a Vega and an eight track tape. I remember Mm -hmm. getting a microwave. We did have a rotary dial phone. I mean, I know the seventies seem, that seems ancient at this point because we're moving at the speed of light now with technology. And my oldest biological daughter is 27. So we didn't have technology even in the very, in the beginning of for several years of raising her. And we have it now and it can be such a detriment or such a goldmine. And I feel like using podcasts as a platform for that and for connecting, you know, Dane, my husband doesn't have a profile. He doesn't want to be online. He uses email. He's, Mm -hmm. he's kind of anti, and I completely understand where he's coming from. And he completely understands why I use it on a very regular basis because it's hard to not let it consume us. And it's also difficult not to tap into the negativity, the volume of hours, feeling less than because of people's profile, whatever the case may be, Yeah, cyberbullying I mean, you name it, there's tons of derogatory things, but there's so much that's great about it. And I feel really wonderful being able to tap into that. And one of those things is connecting people that I would have never in a million years met ever if it hadn't been that the internet makes the world so incredibly small and it, may, it allows us to be able to connect in ways that otherwise we wouldn't have been able to do. And how, like you said, you've met all these women and holy cow, and yes, that's, we should be using it more for that. Plus it's just nice not to have to go search an encyclopedia at yeah. the library. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, it's just such an amazing thing. Um, one thing that I have found that can be difficult sometimes you know any everyone men and women alike but especially women is when you're in this industry and you're putting yourself out there is protecting your self esteem because people are going to attack you i don't like what you said you should have said it this way you shouldn't be talking about this or you should do it that way like what have you done to protect your self esteem and build it at the same time
1: i think i'm lucky that i haven't struggled a lot with confidence and self esteem despite having a lot of my own trials. I had a third grade teacher that instilled in me just by being herself that I was worth it to her. That didn't make me not humble or feel like I was better than anyone else. On the contrary, it just made me realize that no matter what, there was someone out there who thought I was worth it, I was worth it to her. And I I believe that that seed was planted so deep that my self-esteem and confidence has always been pretty good. That doesn't mean that I don't doubt or have doubts or have, mm-hmm. like I've never, I've never had anxiety, but that doesn't mean I haven't been fearful. I've never had depression, but that doesn't mean I haven't been sad. Yeah. So I think it doesn't have to be this massive pendulum where you have like terrible self-esteem and confidence. I think you can be gently rocked in that department, and still kind of maintain it. So certainly I have, and for me, the things that have been the most, the thing, the one thing that's been the most difficult is feeling like I was not successful in my relationships. So if a relationship begins and at some point ends, I feel like that's this failure and people say, well, you're failing forward. Well, yeah, but failing forward in an experiment that affects me is one thing, Mm -hmm. but failing when it affects another person and potentially kids, that's a different thing. And that's been my biggest confidence shaker a self-esteem shaker is that I have been divorced. So Mm -hmm. that wasn't what I wanted when I got married. It wasn't the example I wanted to be for my kids. And yet here I am in the end feeling like, well, I am the common denominator in three serious relationships. So if, yeah. I'm the, if I'm the common denominator, that's gotta mean something. So I think in that regard, I had to really dig deep at, well, what, what's my part in that? So I think with self-esteem and confidence issues, where is it coming from and why? And then what can you do about it? So body image, we can use that. That's a big one for women. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable with the way you look, why? cause you have a scar cause you'd like to lose five pounds or 20 pounds or whatever, you know, yeah. where is it coming from? And then what can you do about it? And sometimes maybe nothing, but maybe you decide to get a tattoo to cover the scar. or Maybe you decide that your scar is a badge of honor, but we have to make a shift somewhere. We have to first know why we have this lack of self-esteem and confidence. And then what, what in it can we change? And sometimes there's not a lot we can change. And sometimes there's a tremendous amount we can change. So I think for me with self-esteem is just kind of keeping your finger on the, on the pulse of what, why you feel the way you do, where is this coming from? We, we sometimes talk about how people label us. And certainly I have things like I'm a naked podcaster. I'm mom of 18. So instantly people are going to make some judgments about who I am or the type of person I am, just from those two titles, for example. Yeah. So we can—it's easy to talk about how someone labels us, but I think more often we label ourselves. It's—it's it's an internal battle. It's not coming, but when someone else says something, it just reinforces what we already believe. And so I really still feel like self-esteem and confidence. It, I'm not discounting that people from the outside. Are making comments or judgments. But why is it affecting you so much? Because if you didn't believe it, it wouldn't bother you that much. Yeah. So again, I think self esteem and confidence, you still have to look in like, why did that? You know, I got, I got really irritated at Dane one day about something one of the kids did. And I, on, I couldn't even tell you what I was irritated about. And I looked at him and I just said, I took a deep breath and I said, I'm pissed and I don't understand why. I'm this pissed over this situation. It doesn't make any sense to me why this is triggering me so strongly. So I'm going to just, and I'm very extroverted. I have to think the process. Uh-huh. So for me to say, like, I need to step away and evaluate why I'm getting so triggered by this. I think it's important to remember that there are lots of things in life that trigger us, but it's coming from something inside. He didn't do something to me to make me feel that way. That doesn't exist. The kid that acted out didn't do something to me to make me feel that way. I felt that way from something being triggered inside me that I needed to take a step back and figure out. And I, I don't think we spend enough time doing those things. I think self-care has become, it's super important and I really love it. But I think the word now, it's like coach. It's just so overused and we're so inundated yeah. with it. We don't even remember what it means anymore or we feel like we're always falling short or what, whatever the case may be. It, it's just a really overused statement that we don't know what to do with. And one more way we feel like we're falling short. Yeah. I think the same thing with confidence and self-esteem. I mean, you need, really need to look inside at what's going on and stop. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me because for whatever reason, I got triggered and was pissed. What was great is that if you can recognize it and take a step back and try to figure it out, and sometimes there's not an answer. I don't remember figuring it out or not. I just remember feeling like this should, I should not be reacting this strongly. This is not that big of a deal. And there's no reason for me to be first pissed like I am second pissed at him. That just doesn't, it's not adding up. Yeah. But when people trigger us or situations trigger us, that's coming from inside. And so we, we really just need to take a look at that and be more introspective. And that's hard for me because I'm such an extrovert.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I, you know, like my kids will come to me, especially one of them in in particular, and she'll be like, they're making fun of me because I'm short or they're saying I'm stupid. And it's like, I look at her, I'm like, okay, Brooklyn, are you stupid? What kind of grades do you get in, in school? A's and B's. Do stupid people get A's and B's? You know, And it's just like constantly pointing out, like, what are these people saying about you? Why are you letting it hurt you? Where is the root issue coming from? And so it just kind of helps them to look like, is this something that's fact? Or is it something that they're just saying to be mean? Because oftentimes when you're believing things, you got to find the root issue of it. Because if someone's making fun of you saying you're stupid but you're actually really smart. What's going on? Let's look for the deeper issue.
1: There's a trigger there. I'm five foot nine or I was now my kids like to remind me that I'm only five foot eight, but in (laughs) high school, (laughs) I'm I'm the incredible shrinking mom. In high school, I was five foot nine and I shot up over all these people. And a boy walked up to me once and I was taller than he was. I was taller than most people. And he said, wow, you're an Amazon. And I walked away and I was humiliated and I was hurt. And I, he could have been t- ready to tell me it was the sexiest thing he'd ever seen. Yeah. Or he thought it was strong. I have no idea what his motive was. Whether it was good or bad, it was me. It was my reaction. It was my trigger. It was what was saying inside. So sometimes people can be saying something, offering a compliment that we take derog- in a derogatory way because of our internal triggers. So yeah. I just think for self-esteem and confidence for far as how did I keep it up, I think I've kind of been good at checking in with myself. And I've also done things, I believe that feeds it so that it's healthy and it remains that way. So it's that, it's that whole Indian legend, you know, which one you feed. So we all have the potential to have some sort of, whatever you want to call it, darkness within us, or, you know, negative, we can go down different paths or some more than others maybe, but still, it's still about which one you feed. And I have chosen to feed positivity and self-esteem and confidence. I wanted my girls to grow up with a certain example and I wanted my boys to grow up with a certain example for totally different reasons Mm -hmm. because they're male and female and I can't show that to them if I'm faking it. So I wanted them to know it's okay to be very flawed. We all are. I mean, who wants to be, I don't want to be perfect. That'd be the most boring thing in the whole world. Yeah. It's okay to be flawed and still be awesome. It's okay to stand up for yourself. It's okay to know that you're good at things. You don't have to be bragging and you're not being an asshole because you're good mm-hmm. at something. And generally to know that there's almost always somebody better than you. <laughs> and, you know. But there's yeah. always people that aren't as good as you are at something. Yeah. and And you can't be good at everything. So when you mm-hmm. find things that you're not good at, find someone who is and consider them a resource, not a threat. And I had to actually live that if I wanted my kids to have that example. I I didn't want to have an example of stress and anxiety and overwhelm and depression and feel lack of self-esteem and lack of confidence. And I didn't want them raised by somebody cocky and rude. So I, I had to live in that parameter, I guess. And being accountable to another human being to me, Wasn't the only reason I think I would have been that without kids, but with that, definitely there was a much bigger push to make sure I wasn't just presenting the best version of myself that I was trying to live it and knowing that I was going to screw it up on a pretty regular basis.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, like the other day I was doing something and I was talking about, um, comparing your beginning to somebody's middle. Like I can look at other people and be like, well, they're more successful than me. They're further along than me. And it's like, but they've been doing it longer. So my beginning is not someone's middle. Yeah. You know, they at one point were exactly where I am. The difference is, is they've been doing it longer and they've had more time to put in the work. And so you have got to just stop comparing yourself to other people because it's, you know, it just kills you. So, you know, and going along with, um, we were talking a few minutes ago, so, my husband has a program he's creating, and he created a whole bunch of questions um, that would go along with a disc test, like a personality oh, yeah, test. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Hey, babe, I want you to take this test and then look at the questions and tell me if they make sense. And so he's standing by me, and I start on the first question and I answer it the way I, I thought I was. And he looked at me, he goes, Really? And I'm like, Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about where I am right now. I was looking at my past, who I used to be and the labels that I had put myself on. Put on myself. And it's like, well, I used to be really really shy or I used to be like this. And so those were the answers I was giving. And so I had to stop for a minute and really think like is that who I am today? Because I'm not who I was a couple years ago. I'm not who I was 6 months ago. And so I have, to, I have to look at where I am now and accept that. And once I've accepted that, I can look back and be like, I'm glad I'm not that person. I've grown, I've matured, I've changed, and that is okay.
1: I have an exercise that I do that I encourage other people to do that's so on that line. I think it's easy to get caught up in what we haven't done and it's not as easy to remember how far we've come. So I used to carry this little tiny 50 cent notebook with me in my purse and I would write down things, or I had it in my desk, that were like above normal. But, you know, they don't. it's not like earth shattering things happen to you, but like I got stitches in my finger, my daughter bought her first car, I went to Texas to visit my daughter in the military, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Olivia got pregnant, Whatever whatever, whatever they are, just the, the above ordinary. And I would just write it down. Just write the list. Found out Olivia's pregnant and due December 26th. You know, not the date that they happened, just, just a bullet point of something that occurred. And I wouldn't look back at it. I just add to it until... New Year's, and I don't do New Year's resolutions or anything like that, but in the yeah. beginning of the New Year, I would look back and read through, and I, the memories flood back. It's like looking at a picture or hearing a song from your past or smelling something that, you know, we have all these ways to trigger memories. And when you just kind of write things down that are above normal, that are events that happen in your life, and you don't pay much attention to them until the end of the year, the beginning of the next year, it is amazing to see how much has occurred. Yeah. And now I use my, my notepad on my phone and my MacBook uh-huh. and write them down that way. But it's been really incredible to be able to look back, and I've got several years now, and, and see like, wow, a lot happened in 2018. Oh my gosh, I totally, I would have forgotten about that if yeah. I hadn't written it down. Because it's incredible to see how far we've come and I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for that. I think it's like if I see you and I'm like, Oh my gosh, your kids grew like two feet since the last time I saw you. How long has it been? You know, because we, we don't see that growth on a day to day basis and we don't check in with ourselves really job descriptions are used when we work for someone and 90-day reviews, but we don't do those in our most important relationships, like with our kids or with our spouse. We don't tend to do that. And we don't do them with ourselves. We don't check in and see, well, where did I want to be right now? And I don't mean like setting hard, fast goals and doing vision boards, just marking the passage of what's occurred in your life. It doesn't even have to be that that big of a deal. And it was driven home to me. Recently, someone commented on a blog post. I had a blog for seven and a half years. Uh-huh. And they commented on a blog post and I had no idea what the comment meant without looking at the post that they were commenting on. And it was a post I had written three years earlier. And I thought, oh my gosh, it brought me right. Reading the post to see what they were referencing uh-huh. brought me right back to that time at like what was going on. And I thought, wow, a lot has changed and a lot has stayed the same. And The things that stayed the same, am I glad they stayed the same? Are those the things that you want to keep on keeping on? And so at first it was great that something you can do in the past can still have an impact today and it's still relevant. And it was great to have that passage of time. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I write things down every year Mm -hmm. that happen because I would never realize how, what an impact happens just in our lives. If I didn't do that. So I always, I always tell people when I get the chance, do that, do that activity. Just, just keep a notebook or your notes on your phone and write down things that happen because you, we don't remember like we think we remember, but they continue to have an impact and we can gauge what do we want to change and what things are great staying the same.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because you're right. It's like, you don't realize how much has changed because you're in it. You know, for us, um, this last year has been completely life-changing. Our life has been turned upside down and inside out. And it's like looking back at where we were a year ago is like, what the fuck? Like, where, where did, like, how did this happen? But it's also given us the ability to look at everything we've been through, look at how it has changed us and look at the leaps and bounds and growth that we've made. And it's just amazing. And for us, we can look at our podcast and see, because we've shared this journey. And so we have it. I'm going to start writing it down because I love that. But we can look back through her blog and be like, wow, that's where we were a year ago. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's just such an amazing way to be able to see the growth over time.
1: So. It's it's true and when you have that accountability if you're keeping a blog or a podcast or some way that you're kind of keeping tabs on time and things that happen it's easier and that's why even though I have both of those things I still like to just write down what happens yearly cuz even yeah. things that suck that you go through that you're not happy about it doesn't mean that there was a bad outcome no so uh-huh. it's really you still can fail forward <laughs> that, that is still possible
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's what, you know, like with us, that's what happened was we thought that our lives were ending a year ago. Like, oh my gosh, like, what the heck's going on here? But then now we can look back and we're grateful for those things that happened. We're grateful for those difficult times because it's put us in the position we are now. It's given us the ability to connect with the people we're connected with now. And it's just been like a huge blessing for us. But in the moment, it wasn't a blessing, it sucked. And we hated life at the moment. So it's all about perspective, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So at the end of all of my podcasts, I love to give my, my listeners a challenge. So is there a challenge you can, and I'm thinking, I know what you're going to say, but is there Uh, a challenge you would like to give my listeners?
1: Oh, I have a great one other than the writing the things down. Okay go through your life and set it up like a timeline and people's minds work differently. Mine works very linear. So it was like literally a line like you used to have in, in school for history uh-huh. where you have, you have the, the horizontal line with the little vertical checks, right? Yeah. And this year, this happened and this year and go back in your life and write down every person that you can think of that made a positive difference in your life. Every person, just write down their names. Kind of brainstorm and then go back. You have to let it percolate a little bit because sometimes you'll remember things later that come up and then look at each one of them and send them an email or make a phone call. I like the email because I like to be able to track things and read them again later and tell them why they made an impact in your life and how much you appreciate them and the story behind that and thank them. Because it will make the biggest impact in your life you can't even imagine.
0: Wow. I love that so much because not only is it good for you, but maybe the person needs that at that moment. Maybe they're going through something and they think that they've never done anything good or they're struggling with whatever. And to receive that message could mean the world to them.
1: I think the only person that needs to know is usually the person we don't tell and it's not intentional but they are the only ones that really need to know. And by saying thank you, it does a lot to you. Yeah. I did, it, I did this when I was writing my book and I just could not believe the impact that it made in my life to be able to say thank you. And, and yes, I mean, it makes a big difference in their life, but it opens up a dialogue that's very unexpected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, I have loved having you on my show today. Um, I've had a great time. I want my listeners to be able to reach out to you, um, find your your blog, your social media, your podcast. Where can they find you?
1: Momof18.com is my main website. It's kind of being worked on right now. Okay. <laughs> we go through, so I, don't, I think the pictures are funky or something. I don't know. We've, we're working on it. But momof18.com has my YouTube channel, the book, the blog, the podcast. It has, you know, about me and a way to contact me. So basically everything you never wanted to know about me, you can find out there. And it's a way to reach out to me. My email's on there. And I honestly, you can do the contact form through the website. I, I always worry, what if it doesn't work right? I don't know why that's a concern of mine, but I always, (laughs) I'm always concerned. It's not going to work. You can just email me directly. Um, You can call the number. It's a Google voice number, but I love email the best just because I can take my time and think and then respond. But also I know it will get to me, but basically you can find me on any social media and just, I love connecting with people, but I also, I, I like the feedback and the dialogue and the conversation. So just reach out.
0: Awesome. I love that. And we will put the links um, in the podcast description as well so they can reach you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
0: I just wanted to take a moment and thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have found any sort of value in these episodes, I would ask that you head over to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast. As always, I want to remind you
1: to just do you.